0: Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, Leader of the Heart. I want to welcome you to the Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. We are uh, in the middle of a message series called Lawless and what we have done uh, over the past few uh, past few weeks is we've dug into this idea of what would it look like in our faith in our relationships if we stopped focusing on following the rules stopped focusing on living to the letter of the law and really gave ourselves a chance to see what it would be like to live lawless and so we, 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 we've been talking about different, different ways and different approaches to, to that, to living uh, lawless. One of the things that we, we talked about is how the law was meant to serve us, okay? A few weeks ago, we said the law is meant to serve us, not us to serve the law, right? The, the, the law, the rules were meant to be there to guide us, not for us to be a slave To them. Well, today, what I want to dig into a little bit is uh, maybe you've heard this term before: is the curse of the law. What the law really, maybe what the intent of the law was, but what the law actually did to us, to people who were under the law. And if you, you know, grew up in this time and you were uh, a a Jewish person, then you were living under the under God's law. And us now, you know, thousands of years later, we are part of the spiritual family of Abraham. So if you call yourself a Christian, your, your faith has roots in the Jewish community, in the Jewish religion, the Jewish faith. And so I want to talk a little bit about today how the law, the rules, became a curse to us. And what, what, they, what they showed us. The law is there, the rules were there to show us, to teach us how to live right, right? What, what we were supposed to do all the time. And so if you broke the law, there was this offering system in place where if you broke the law you would bring an offering the next day or the next time you went to uh, to bring an offering to God and you had your offerings had to match up with whatever sin you committed, whatever law that you broke and there there needed to be some sort of punishment for the law being broken. You see, there had to be some sort of punishment or payment for a law being broken, and that is why people would bring an offering. And so this punishment surrounded this law, and punishment had to, had to take place if the law was broken. And so I want to talk a little bit about today, about the curse of the law. Now, I want you to raise your hand for this. I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to raise your hand for this. Is anyone, do they consider themselves a perfectionist? Can you put your hand up for a bit? Okay. A couple of brave souls. Okay. Does any, is anyone around someone who should have raised their hand, but they didn't? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to be a recovering perfectionist, but it finds its way into pretty much everything I do. You might look at my office and how clean it's not and say, perfectionist, really? But the thing is, with, with, with those of us who are perfectionists or, 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 identify, or self-identify as a perfectionist, it doesn't mean that you do everything perfectly. It means you obsess over little things that this needs to be done perfectly. And a lot of times it will keep me from doing something because I get so stressed out of my head and I'm like, well, if I can't, if I don't know now how to do that thing perfectly, then I won't even start it. So there are so many, does anybody do that? So there are so many projects that I just don't start that I don't even jump into because, well, if I don't know how to do that perfectly now in my head, I'm not even gonna get into it and, and make that mistake. And so maybe maybe you're, not, maybe you're not a perfectionist, or maybe you, you are a perfectionist, and you're trying to recover from that, but there is something about that perfection that gets in the way of how fun that thing could be, right? If I, if I, were, if I weren't such a perfectionist in certain things, and let's say I have a project I want to uh, build a frame, I want to build a frame that I'm going to put on the wall, that already stresses me out. I start to think about the tools that I don't have, and I think, well, I could borrow that tool from my dad, maybe, or I could borrow that tool from a friend, and then I have to go pick it up, and I don't know if I have the right, you know, cords for it, I don't know if that's a thing that tools have, and I don't know if I have all the right pieces for it, then I gotta go to Lowe's, and, and any trip at Lowe's is only one out of four trips you're gonna make that day to Lowe's, right, so then I have to plan for all these trips to Lowe's, and then and then if I make it, then it doesn't look like how it did on the, that TikTok video, and, you know, they look very easy to them, but they have a woodworking shop in their garage, and see, this is all going in my head this over one little project that I'm probably not going to do anyway that's how stressful it is for me to take on a project that I'm not positive I can do perfectly and I don't know if you can identify with any of that or maybe for yourself it's not about it's not about being perfect or being perfection but maybe maybe you're someone who expects perfection from the people around you. Maybe you're someone who expects perfection from your children if you have kids. You're someone who expects perfection from your boss at work, or, or maybe you're the boss at work and you're someone who expects perfection from the people that you work with. Now here's what I mean by that. I don't mean that you are this tyrant who says every who tells the, you know, your kids or your, your, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, the people you work with. I'm not saying you go around telling them you have to be perfect, but maybe sometimes are you the kind of person that doesn't allow room for mistakes. That when a mistake is made, you get a little bit of attitude about it. You become really disappointed in someone who makes a mistake. And so maybe you're not saying that you want perfection or expect perfection, but sometimes our attitude can say perfection would have been better than what you did. The mistakes, we don't really have room for that. And that is, that leads me to what I want to talk about when it comes to the curse of the law. The law that we, that we can read in here, okay, but not just this law. The law that we put in place, the rules that we put in place in our family, in our marriage, in our parenting, at work. The rules that we put in place, are they there to make us perfect? Now, uh, one of the verses I want to read today, well, the verse I want to read today uh, is... Galatians 3.13, but before we get into 3.13, I want to kind of just give you a little bit of context behind what's in there. So Galatians is a letter that was written by a man named Paul, and he was writing to a group of people, a group of people, believers, people, maybe somewhat like us, or some people were like on the fence or trying to figure it out, or some people were all in and they were trying to, what's the best way we can follow Jesus's teachings right what's the best way we can follow this new way that this man Jesus has taught us to connect with God to connect with our faith and how to live that out much like we are now many of us are people who are like trying to like okay I I I want to to live in this faith or I'm interested in checking it out I'm interested in taking steps but what's the best way to work this out so we're still doing it now 2,000 years later So in this particular letter, Paul is talking to these people, the Galatians, about how faith brings freedom. And I can never be more on board with what Paul says than I can with this particular area. So I'm going to read, and I just want you all to listen to this. I'm going to read from verse 9, and then when we get to verse 13, I'll throw it up on the screen here for you. But I want to read from verse 9, and I want you to, to listen to kind of the flow that Paul is explaining to these people when it comes to their faith. Specifically, when it comes to their faith in connection with the law, the rules, the scripture. Because if you were living in this time, the way to know how to live was you went to the scripture, you went to the law. You said, What does the law say about this scenario? What does the law say I'm supposed to do about this? What does the law say I'm supposed to do here? And the law became this thing, and it still is to a lot of us, the law became this thing where we put our faith in the law more than we put our faith in God. We let the law rule our life more than we let faith guide our life. And sometimes we're, maybe we're all guilty of doing this today. Okay, so watch this. I'm going to read verse 9, so just, you know, sit back, relax. And so the blessing of Abraham's faith is now our blessing too. Okay, if you don't know the story, Abraham put faith in God, and God counted him righteous because of his faith. But if you choose to live in bondage under the legalistic rule of religion, you live under the law's curse, for it is clearly written, And he's referencing uh, another piece of scripture. He says, utterly cursed is everyone who fails to practice every detail and requirement that is written in this law. So then Paul says, for the scriptures reveal, and it is obvious, that no one achieves the righteousness of God by attempting to keep the law. No one achieves the righteousness of God by attempting to keep the law. For it is written, and he, he, he references another scripture again, he said, the scripture he references says, those who have been made holy will live by faith. Watch this, you, you, are you getting a sense of this contrast he's making between when we live by the rules and when we live by faith? And he says, but keeping the law does not require faith, but self-effort. For the law teaches, if you practice the principles of the law, you must follow all of them. So what he's trying to do here is he's not trying to show us, or the people reading this, he's not trying to show the people reading this that they need to keep the the law, the legalistic part of the law. What he's trying to show them here, what he's trying to guide them through, is that trying to live by the law, trying to live by this legalistic set of rules, is pitting you against faith. It's taking you away from living a life of faith. Okay, so let's pick up on verse 13. Here's what he says. So he's talking about what the law does and what, uh, how the law is cursing us And in 13. He says, yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed it completely as he became a curse in our place for it is written, everyone who is hung upon a tree is doubly cursed. He absorbed the curse completely. So Jesus' sacrifice that he made, when he goes to the cross, willingly, he chose to go to the cross. That's what makes it a sacrifice. He goes to the cross, and what he does is he redeems us from the curse of the law. Another translation says that he redeems us from the curse of the law. And that word redemption is so fascinating because it, it, it has to do with financially. It's a financial term, There it was. You could redeem somebody. If somebody was a slave, you could redeem them by paying for their way out of slavery, and now they're no longer a slave. They are, anyone? Free. And that's what Jesus, that's what Christ was doing for us. He wanted us to experience freedom, and there is not freedom under the rules. There is freedom under God. And that's, that's where, see, that's where, oh, man, this is, this is where it gets very, well, not very tricky, but tricky. Because when someone has freedom, everything becomes a little bit more complicated. Rules are easy. If anyone has raised a teenager or is a teenager uh, or is currently raising a teenager, bless your heart. Um, rules are easy, right? Here's the rules. You can't be home past midnight, or, yeah, can't come home past midnight, whatever the rules are. I don't know your rules, right? Lights out by 10, no devices past 9 p.m. Every parent in here breaks that rule. Dog, don't sleep on the bed, you know. Rules are easy. What becomes more complicated is when you give your teenager freedom, right? That's when you really see how patient you are as a parent, right? That's when you really see what what freedom can do to your relationship with your kid. Life becomes more complicated. Faith becomes more complicated when we live in freedom. In fact, zero faith is required to live by the law. It requires no faith to live by the law. That's easy. Your faith is activated and energized when you live lawless. And now you're saying, okay, I'm not going to live by the law. I am going to activate my faith and live in freedom. That is when your faith is needed. Your faith is not needed when you're living by the rules. Your faith is needed when you are not. Because now you're approaching every situation, not with the rules in mind, but with that person in mind. Right? Not with the law in mind, but with compassion in mind. Now, there's plenty of, uh, of, of things in the Bible, plenty of stories in the Bible, plenty of situations in the Bible where there is absolutely a way to guide our faith. And to guide interactions with each other. To guide, uh, to guide us in parenting, to guide us in marriage, to guide us in relationships, our life, whatever it is. But the whole thing we've been talking about here for the past couple of weeks is this idea of living lawless. Living in freedom. And what's fascinating about freedom is when you live in freedom, you can do whatever you want. Okay, easy enough. You can do whatever you want. And a lot of, a lot of us, and maybe it's human nature, we think, excuse me, Maybe it's human nature, but we think if we give someone freedom, they'll take advantage of it, right? Anybody ever think that? I think that. If we give someone freedom, they'll take advantage of the freedom. And there are people who will take advantage. There are people who will, you know, there's the phrase, give them an inch and they'll take a mile. There are people who will take advantage, but that's part of experiencing and learning freedom because most people and maybe not most some people after they've taken advantage can be talked to or not persuaded but just talk to about what that can do to the relationship that's that's see that's the whole complicated thing with freedom And that's what I want for you. That's what I want for myself, to be able to live in this way of freedom, because freedom invites mistakes. Freedom makes room for mistakes. I have a few things that I want you to kind of key in on, and you can write down if you want to. First one is, the law showed us how to live perfectly. But Jesus, he comes and shows us how to live in freedom. The law shows us, or another way to say it is this, the curse of the law is perfection. Jesus redeems us from perfection with his sacrifice. The curse of the law, here's why it's called the curse, is because it requires perfection from each and every one of you, every day, your whole life. That's what the law requires of you. That's why it is a curse, because it constantly reveals that we are not perfect. The curse of the law reveals that we are not perfect. It's one of those things where, like, you can probably go through the list of laws in the Bible, and you can, some of them you'd feel like, that's kind of a silly law. Something must have happened for them to create that law. You ever feel that way? Maybe you go into a restaurant and there's some rule, on, you know, some weird rule on the, or, or famously, famously, now when you order coffee from any restaurant, the lid has to say, this coffee is hot, right? You know what I'm talking about? And everybody who grabs a coffee and looks at it, they're like, right. So you're like, okay, something must have happened at some restaurant that we had, that we had to say, okay, now everybody, let them know the coffee's hot. So these laws reveal certain things. The law reveal a situation that happened in the past. The law reveals that we are not perfect. That's why it's a curse. But Jesus lifts the curse, redeems us from the curse, absorbs the curse, and says, don't worry about living to the letter of the law. Live in freedom and live in your faith. That's the power of what Jesus did. That's what he came to do. The system wasn't working. (laughs) The system wasn't working, so Jesus said, here is a reset for everyone. Now everyone lives in freedom. Everyone gets freedom, whether it's deserved or not, whether it's earned or not, whether it's asked for or not. (laughs) Isn't that incredible? What a mess Jesus created when he said, you don't have to live by the law anymore. You put yourself in the position where you helped create the law or you helped keep the law, and all of a sudden somebody comes in who calls himself the son of God and says, you know what, this law thing, I prefer freedom over it. And you're like, whoa, 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 that's going to create anarchy. He's like, actually, it's going to create Christianity. (laughs) So now... Because of what Jesus did, we get to walk and live in freedom. But that necessarily means, and I know I keep saying that, I sound like a broken record here, that necessarily means that life and faith become that much more complicated when we're living in freedom. Ask any parent who's raising any child that's given any amount of freedom. It creates complication. It creates questions that you didn't know you would have to answer or not ready to answer. I remember when, I don't know if this is, you know, really great. This is not a great example, but I remember when my son, he was 16, 17, and he wanted to know if it was okay to cuss in front of us because, you know, he was already cussing anyway or whatever. And nothing crazy, just, you know. And we're like, okay, I mean, that's, I appreciate the, you know, open communication and there's a lot of trust there and so okay yeah we can can get, dig into this freedom a little bit and it's become complicated because there's some things he'll say sometimes and i'm like i don't know if i'm uh, i don't know if i'm the guy to hear those things that you want to say anymore so it's a little bit of complication where it would have been easy if i would have said here's the rule you can't cuss ever that's the rule and if you ever cuss it's a mistake and it needs to be paid for it needs to be punished that's what rules do. Rules create space for punishment, but faith creates space for mistakes. I wish I would've had that one to write down for you. Yeah. Rules create space for punishment. Freedom creates space for mistakes. And that's what we, that's what we need in our life. We need room for mistakes. And the way to make room for mistakes is to live a faith of freedom. I, w- I want you to write this down too or whatever you want to do. When we stop expecting perfection, we make room for the mess. Okay? When we stop expecting perfection, we make room for the mess where freedom and grace work their best. That's where our faith our freedom, the grace that we have from God, that's where it is activated the most is when we are not expecting perfection and we are making room for the mess. We are making room for freedom. Making room for mistakes. So maybe we are expecting perfection from ourselves. Maybe we're expecting perfection from the people around us. Maybe we're not making room for mistakes. Well, what you can do today, even giving yourself permission to do it for the rest of the day, say the rest of the day, I'm going to be in this relationship and I'm going to allow freedom for mistakes. Because when you allow freedom for mistakes, let's just play it out. Let's just say for the rest of the day, you and the person you live with, Maybe it's your kids, maybe it's your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is. You and the person you live with. You say, I'm gonna make room for all of the mistakes that you make today. <laughs> it's already a challenge. <laughs> what would that look like? That's, you know what that's gonna activate or at least challenge you to activate? It's gonna challenge you to activate patience. It's gonna challenge you to activate kindness going to challenge you to activate grace. And this is just over how they load the dishwasher. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's over how they do laundry. <laughs> and just this little challenge. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to do this today because this little challenge, I want you to see what it takes to live a life of freedom, to, be, uh, to have this faith of freedom, Because the curse, the curse of the law says here is perfection. This is what you're supposed to do, be perfect. And the reverse of that says stop trying to be perfect, be free. Stop trying to live by the rules, live in freedom. Yes, it's complicated, but yes, it is worth it if you've ever been in any kind of relationship, either with your parents or your kids or whatever, if there's any relationship in your life, if you have experienced a relationship where there was freedom for you to make mistakes, I guarantee you, you're thinking about one of the strongest relationships that you have. Maybe it's a best friend. Maybe it's a grandparent. Who, when you made mistakes, didn't judge you for it, didn't curse you for it, didn't punish you for it. But maybe wept with you maybe was upset about it with you, made room for that mistake, I guarantee you those people that made room for you to make mistakes are the people that you trust the most in your life. Not the people who were always perfect. Not the people who always pretended to be perfect around you. I I can almost guarantee those people you don't trust as much as the people who let you make mistakes. So what if we were the people to let others make mistakes what if you and i were the people that let uh, the people around us make mistakes and said hey man i get it i make mistakes too although i have told you several times how to load the dishwasher so in my defense no you can't say that <laughs> well maybe you need to say that see that's the problem that's the complication with freedom there's going to be some tough conversations But living in freedom, not only does it create a place for you to make mistakes, it creates a space for trust. It creates a space for communication back and forth. So maybe we can challenge each other to stop expecting perfection, to stop expecting no mistakes and live in this freedom of faith together. If you could, I want you to close your eyes for a moment and bow your head. I want to pray. I want to pray for you, pray for me, pray for us this morning. God, we are grateful, grateful to be, have, to, to be living this life where faith is not only an option, it's encouraged, and the faith that you have given us through your son, Jesus, the faith that activates freedom, the faith that activates hope and love and grace, I pray that we would be able to walk in this faith. This faith. I pray that you would challenge us to walk in this faith together as a community, together as a family. We love you, God, and we thank you for this. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows.